Welcome to episode 134 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. Coming to you from the Sunshine Coast, which is not so sunny at the moment and hasn't been for a couple of weeks. My name is Mel Erbacher. I am joined by Scotty Trickett, who I believe is in the sunny Victoria. Is that correct, Scotty? Oh, it's a bit overcast today as we speak, but it has been glorious for a number of weeks now. Well, that's good to hear. Um... What's been happening in your neck of the woods? Well, I tell you what, let's let's keep with the weather theme early on. On Sunday, let's work backwards here. On Sunday, it was Melbourne Marathon, as I hope you're aware. And I had a great day running around Melbourne. It was the furthest I've run in a long time, which was um, encouraging. The body didn't break down, but it was really hot. And I got to run with, the, with some of my mates going through that horrible, like, 36K onward stretch so you were one of those running cheery supportive people you didn't actually participate in an event this year no no i didn't participate in an event i just ran all around the course and got to run with some of my mates as i said for, for brief periods like the most i probably ever ran was a couple of k okay with, with some people but uh, it reinforced that mel oh, i don't think i'm going to do a marathon again because these people were in so much pain like i never <laughs> i never ran along anyone and said I'm having the best time. This feels great. I want to do this again next week. It was all, I'm in so much pain. This hurts. Is it going to end soon? Help me with the, with the conversations I was having on Sunday. Just reinforce okay. that marathons are really hard. Or, or maybe just they're hard for your friends. No, no. No, I think because um, I was running with some of the boys up the front. And I'll tell you a quick story. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, one of my best mates, Chris, was going for a sub three hour marathon. And I didn't I didn't try and interrupt his plan too much. Like I didn't run with him for two reasons. He's, he's really focused and he was in a nice pack in the early stages. Um, and the other one is that he's really fast and I probably can't run with him. Yeah. But uh, he was coming up St Kilda Road, which is a 30K mark of the park run just a bit beyond where it's really starting to hurt and it was there was a fair bit of wind around on sunday as well so chris was by himself so i thought i'll jump in with him oh i'll have a chat to him see how he's going anyway he wasn't going as well as i thought he was in a little bit of pain and his pace was dropping and the wind was picking up so i, I ran along with him and then we had this great idea that i'd be a wind break for him for a bit of it the problem was he was like running four minute k's my eyes were popping out of my head trying to keep up to this pace. <laughs> but I didn't want to let my mate down, who I was trying to help. Uh, but again, it just reinforced that sub-three-hour marathoners have to run really fast for a long time. And I don't I don't think I could ever do it. Um, and, yeah, amazing, amazing effort. And the good thing is, like, Chris was struggling at this stage, but he got in with two hours, 59 minutes and 58 seconds. Oh, that <laughs> must have been so sweet. So hopefully um, the, the couple of gusts of winds that I broke for him. Made all the difference. Made all the difference. Seconds. That's what I'm telling And the, But the worst part of it all is that I didn't turn my watch on for that couple of... Oh, and you could have got all sorts of <laughs> personal bests on that little section. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I love most about that story, Scotty, is you said <laughs> it was at the 30-kilometer point of the park run. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so all these people out there are going, holy shit, park run's got a lot longer than <laughs> last time I showed up. There you go. I've got a one-track mine now. 
Oh dear. Uh, so that was that was my Sunday, and I also cheered on a couple of Zoolanders, which was quite the opposite to what I was doing on the Saturday, because we had our walk off at Westerfolds. You did. How did that about. go? Well, what did I say last week? Uh, on the podcast. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I said, I said they were in dicey. Down? Yeah, they were in dicey territory because they challenged me on my turf with my people. <laughs> Your people. My people. And them. <laughs> and uh, look, all joking aside, it was a great morning. Um, but uh, they didn't. They didn't. The Zoolanders didn't show up. Not in the uh, numbers that I thought they would have. And they were crushed by the oh. might of the Westerfoldian army. Okay. Because I, I, I heard a different story. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure from our perspective, we thought we won Zoolanders. Well, I was there. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> I know what really happened. Okay. Uh, but it was great to catch up with Matty Trent and his, his mates um, on the morning. And I think they, they had nice things to say about Westerfolds, which uh, was even nicer because it's a pretty good park run, Mel. We should talk about it a bit more. Well, you know, Zoolanders are pretty good park runners. You know, they're, they're nice people. They're not, they're not scary, nasty, obnoxious people yeah. either. Uh, maybe my opinion's changing a little bit of that group, but... Mm. Anyway, did you run with any Zoolanders at uh, your new event? I did. I ran with some of my favourite zoos on the weekend at Underwood Park. We got, um, well, a U for those who chased the Alphabet Club. There was a U involved. And you know what? Um, It's one of those things like, have you ever seen the people who spell things out? Apparently spelling park run out is a thing. I don't know if it's on the Chrome extension um, that you've got to – you know, get all the letters, all parkrun events beginning with P-U-R-P-A-R-K-R-U-N. I'm, I'm too busy looking at the, the Underwood written in front of me with a U. Um, and once you do that, then, you know, you've got all the letters of parkrun. I'm not sure if that's on the Chrome extension. I'll have to have a look. But I had a quick look at what my sort of most recent events were because I do know of people in the past who have done – the events starting with those letters in reverse order so that when they look at the last seven events they've done, downward across the screen, it says parkrun. Now, mine doesn't spell anything out like that. However, it is an anagram. My last four events is an anagram for busy. B-U-S-Y. Yeah. So I am... I've been busy lately, and that's because I've went to four new events in the last four weeks, which is huge for me. I don't, in fact, I think that might be a new event streak. There you go. What's the B? You haven't done a B. I did Ballina Coast. Oh, so it's not in order. It's out of order. No, it's it's, it's an anagram, so okay. it's not spelt B U S Y. <laughs> if if I had been more organised, I would have done them in order of Yamba and then. Uh, St. Lucia, then Underwood Park, and then Ballina Coast. However, I wasn't thinking about spelling things. Possibly in the future, I will think about spelling things. Um, but we'll we'll see how we go with that. Just something different to keep you interested, I guess, looking at all the different things in the parkrun world. But Underwood Park was a great event, really, really pretty parkrun. It was uh, overcast. We were a little bit concerned it might have cancelled because some of the other events locally were cancelled. Um, due to the wet weather we've been having and it's it's a bit of a 
issue in Queensland at the moment, um, cancellations and things because courses aren't coping with the weather. But yeah, it I wasn't. Saw our numbers were down nationally, yeah. and I, yeah. I figured it was you, Queensland mob, not liking getting wet. Well, it's not us not liking getting wet. It's the courses yeah. not liking getting wet. This is true. There were a number of cancellations as well. Yeah, but I had I had a good morning. Um, out there with the crew, with some of my favourite zooies. The kids all had a play in. So Underwood Park has a, a massive children's play area with all these like um, jungle gyms and tree houses and all sorts of cool stuff. And it's called Thunderwood Park. And the kids had a great time crawling all in and out of those. And Wes is just starting to learn how to climb things. So <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> Is it actually called Thunderwood or is that it's the name that locals have given it? Yeah, the, the park is called Thunderwood Park because it's in or next to Underwood Park. Well done, Cancel. I think we we tra we test out a, a swing at every new event and I might have to um, create a coffee table book of all the swing sets and Wes can give them his smile or stink face reviews <laughs> because that's what we do now after park run. We check out the swing sets. Can't wait. Looking forward to the coffee table. Oh, it'll be a big seller at Christmas, I'm sure of it. It's been a little while since we've had him on the show. He used to be a bit of a semi-regular, especially as we had a whole segment to ask him questions. However, we decided, Scotty and I, that it was time that we got him back because we have more questions ourselves. Tim Oberg, CEO, Head Honcho, Big Cheese, Parkrun Australia. Welcome back to the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. Always a pleasure to be here and always a pleasure to be called Big Cheese by, by you, Mel. <laughs> You're the only one I call Big Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. No, great, great to be here. And you're right. I think I did used to come on a little bit more, uh, and I'm happy to come on as often as you want. So um, bring it on. Excellent. I think Scotty's got some plans for you in mind, but we might talk about that a little bit later. All right. <laughs> okay. So since we last had you join us, Tim, what what's changed in the parkrun world for you? Oh wow! Well, big, big, broad question there to start. I mean, I guess looking looking at my personal local parkrun world here in Airlie Beach, um, our event here is growing, uh, which is which is one thing. So uh, we're in uh, the third year of, of Airlie Beach parkrun, and started off like 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 most events started off quite small, sort of twenty to thirty people a week. Probably year two, looking at you know forty to fifty, and now probably sort of consistently 80 to 90 each week. Um, and what's really nice is is there's still the same core of people coming week in, week out. Um, and, you know, it really does feel like home for me when I'm at Early Beach Park Run. Um, but lots of tourists coming. Uh, Early Beach is a bit of a tourist hotspot, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, last week we had South Africans, we had um, English, uh, of course, people from all over Australia. Um, so, yeah, it's just got a really, really great vibe. So I really, really love just my my little local Early Beach park around every Saturday, um, and 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 it actually even just the way I participate changes almost every time I go, depending on what's happening with my the rest of my family. So the the typical scenario is that I've got the double pram, the double bob. 
um, which has seen seen me through all the kids. Well, we've got two bobs actually. We've got the single bob that was our first ever running pram. Which when Jack was born, we had we had that, and then when Evie came along, we got the double. And so 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 I'm on the double now because Jack's Jack's six now, and he's doing uh, about a thirty minute uh, park run. The neighbour's dogs going off in the background there. Can, Probably hearing that. Um, so Jack's doing a thirty-minute park run now. So he'll he'll be running. Um, I'll have Evie and, and Archie uh, in the double pram, and Nikki will also be running. So we'll run as a as a family unit. Um, and it's just it's for me it's just joyous. I just I just love running with the kids and listening to all the funny stuff that comes out of their mouths as we're running along and they're talking and you know high fiving other people out on the course. So so that's the sort of typical. Saturday, but then um, sometimes I'll go on my own, uh, depending on you know whether the kids might have had a big week at school or whatever, and we think they need a, a lion. Uh, and if I go on my own, then I get to have a completely different experience, which is, you know, not not really me trying to run PBs, but I like just catching up with people. I'll you know see people, see friends there, and I'll I'll just run with a couple of friends, and we'll we'll run and we'll run and talk as we go, uh, and you know lots of high fiving out on the course as is customary at Park Run. Um, and then every now and then it'll look a bit different again. I think about three weeks ago, um, I just took Archie with me. So I had Archie, uh, who's 18 months. I've just had him in the single pram. Um, and single pram runners will know that they a, a good single pram doesn't really slow you down too much. You can still get out and run run pretty fast. So, so yeah, so it lo- always looks a little bit different. And then, of course, every now and then I'm, 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 I'm away somewhere else, um, you know, on, on park run business. So two weeks ago. Uh, we were down at the ponds, and that was just an, an amazing weekend. And you know, you've already covered that off on on this podcast. So, so yeah, parkrun for me is 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 yeah, still really exciting, really varied, and I'm really loving my little home community up here in Ely Beach. So, what's the Tim Oberg experience when he goes and visits the ponds, for example? Um, are you the celebrity? Are you the man who brought parkrun to this country? How's that experience for you? At Ely Beach, when I go, I would like to think that I'm just one of the park runners, definitely. Like, you know, I, I don't volunteer much because one of the things I try to avoid is I don't want the local team here to feel like I'm, you know, looking over their shoulder and critiquing what they're doing or anything. So I intentionally don't volunteer up here very often on Saturday. Obviously, I'm event director of Junior Park Run on the Sunday. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute. Um so I'll I'll probably run direct up here three or four times a year, you know, when they get stuck. And, and um, I've got a little tradition that I run direct on Christmas Day as well. But the rest of the time, yeah, I'll just pitch up and, um, yeah, I, I'm sort of just, uh, you know, one, one, one of the park runners. And every now and then somebody who's a tourist might want to grab me for a photo because they, you know, they heard that the guy that started park run in Australia lived in Ely Beach or something. So they, they come looking for me, but, um, and, and it's lovely. You know, I always love um, meeting, meeting people when they're, when they're up and, and obviously if they want to have a photo with me, that all that really means is they really love park run. So it's a, it's a great, it's a great thing. So, and then, yeah, when I travel, it's probably a bit different because often, often when we, we do travel for work and Mel and Scotty, you'll know this, you know, people will know we're coming. There's often a, um, you know, some sort of Facebook event or whatnot that people from Parkrun um, management team are going to be at Parkrun, so come and meet them and and whatnot. So so often often when when we travel or when we adventure, as we call it for for this podcast, um, it, it's a bit more organised. People know we're coming and people come specifically to meet us. So so yeah, at the ponds the other week, 
um it was so such a thrill to be down there and i think to, to be fair i think i got as much of a thrill out of meeting everyone down there and the event team there as 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 they did out of meeting us because you know it was an event that we talked about wanting to get to for a long time um we you know specifically planned to get down there on that weekend they were opening their new path that, that um the state government had paid for um so so yeah there are lots of photos i mean i probably have never been in so many photos as i'd been in at the ponds two weeks ago um and lots of you know lots of great photos on instagram and facebook and whatnot afterwards and lots of people having a bit of fun with the pickies and tagging us and and whatnot we did lots of jump photos and everything so so it was um yeah, it was a great experience and um and yeah, you know, I guess as you know, in answering your question, yeah, there were a lot of people that had, were there to meet not just me, but meet meet uh, meet you as well. Um, and um, yeah, it was it was a great time. So yeah, so that's I guess that's a bit typical when we travel is that yeah, people know we're coming and they want to come and meet us. How do you not get a big head about that? Well, so like I said earlier, like I think it's not you know it's not that they want to meet me. Well, they do want to meet me as, but you know, really, it's a reflection of of their love of parkrun. It's not a reflection of, you know, it's not like a celebrity thing. I think when you look at celebrity culture, people get obsessed with individuals who they don't know. You know, they watch a movie and they think, oh, I love that person, and you know, I'm gonna get obsessed with them or whatever. And it's so fake. Whereas, what we have here is people who have something in their lives, i.e., parkrun which is really meaningful and they really it, they really love it and they they want to say thank you to the people that bring that to them and so it's a it's a real genuine show of thanks for something that is real um and so it's so as i say it's not it's not about me it's about it's about parkrun and they're showing their love of parkrun and their thank you for parkrun to people like you know all of us yourself as well mel you know and any of us when we whether we're, and it's like i'm sure event directors if you're an event director or a run director you know every time you do it i would like to think you feel the love somehow from people saying thank you and, and showing their appreciation and and then i guess it's just with myself and and, and our and our team our, our management team it's it's just on a wider level because when we go to any event you know they all sort of somewhat trace it back to um, you know, me for starting it, but then for the rest of us as well, who who runs sort of steer the ship week in week out. So, so yeah, so it's just I, I think it's a really great um, great show of thanks uh, and appreciation of of parkrun as opposed to the individuals. And now, for the first time in your parkrun journey, you are an event director. Does this give you a great appreciation of what's involved in running an event? Because you're in a small town, it's not a massive event. Old Cannonvale Junior Parkrun. Yeah, and, and look, it's a good point. And um, a lot of people probably don't realise that when Parkrun, you know, I, I get credited as as starting Parkrun in Australia, but I was not actually the first event director. Um, you know, I sort of viewed the role of starting Parkrun in this country as right from the start. It, it wasn't going to be about me starting up an event and getting uh, getting that event going. It was about I've got to find people to start events. That's That's the job. Um, and so even from week one on the Gold Coast uh, Main Beach Park Run, um, you know, John Borbich was our original event director. So so I've always had my finger in the sort of operational pie, if you want to call it that, and I've known what was going on, but I've never until now had that week in, week out res- responsibility of event directing. But when, when we 
decided we were going to pilot junior park run and we were going to look one of the locations would be up here in Cannonvale where I live um uh, then yeah that was it it's like okay here's my first time to actually be an event director and it has really um been an eye-opening experience for me because uh I, I I've gone through exactly the same emotions and 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 had the same challenges as event directors all over Australia and all over the world and you know how do we get all the volunteers each week and junior park run for our event we require a minimum of 12 volunteers um so given we're only getting you know we get about 20 kids um the sort of volunteer to participant uh ratio is is very high compared to say again looking at early beach park run here they probably have six volunteers each week and 100 participants so um so you're looking at a, a very high percentage of of people volunteering so so look it's been um you know i think we're 14 weeks in or 13 weeks in with juniors up here and um i'm definitely in you know in in the swing of it now um got got the little sort of systems in play for how, how and when I try and recruit and I use you know I use Facebook a lot for um uh, encouraging people to volunteer and and, and whatnot but um but uh, you know the the reward you get for doing it is is um you know immense and uh, I love particularly with juniors you get to see all the kids running around and it, it's such a great great buzz on a Sunday morning to see you know little kids running around running walking uh two kilometers I mean I just when I was, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, running two kilometres just was not on my radar. It was not something that I um, physically would have even thought I would have been able to do. But here, here we are. We're creating a generation of kids who are, you know, out and active on a on a Sunday morning running two k, and it's it's just brilliant. So, so yeah, I take my hat off to all the event directors uh, around the country. I mean, we've got some who've been doing it for seven years. I think. Um, Paul Wilcock in, in Sydney has been an event director there at St Peter's for, for seven years. So it's, uh, you know, an incredible feat. So And there's a lot who have been doing it for, for multiple years. So, you know, good on them. Let's change topics a little bit. A couple of months ago you were over in Japan hobnobbing it with PSH and crew. Can you give us an update on what's happening with Japan? We're asking for people to help us out launch there. Can you give us a bit more detail around that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a bit it's a bit of an evolving beast, but you know, in in broad terms, the the plan is that we want to launch Parkrun in Japan in the first half of next year. Um, there's a there's a big focus within Japan around health and well-being and sport initiatives uh, as the Rugby World Cup is in September next year uh, and then they've got the Tokyo Olympics in 2020. So so government is is really focused on getting getting people active. Um, and obviously, park runs a great vehicle for doing that. So we're having, you know, various conversations with with the government over there and, and other interested parties to help support the growth of park run. But um, you know, one of the things that I noticed when I was there is is I've never seen so many people just running in the streets. You know, just before work, after work, during the day. So so the running culture is already massive. Um, and we didn't, and there wasn't a noticeable amount of what you know, visible obesity and things like that. It, it was, um, you know, the people didn't seem to have the same physical health issues that you might see in a typical Western country. However, the um, what we were being told is there's a lot more issues there in terms of social isolation, um, mental health. A lot of people working very, very high-pressured, long-hour jobs. 
Um, so, so it'll be really interesting once we do get parkrun happening to see the, uh, you know, where where the strongest impacts are. Uh, and I think I definitely think it's going to be in that sort of social social space and 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 mental health space. But yeah, really excited. It's gonna it's gonna be great if um, we're sort of viewing Japan as our first real foray into a culture that's kind of quite wildly different to all of our existing kind of European and Commonwealth sort of countries that we're in at the moment. Um, you know, Japan's something completely different. So it's a great challenge and, um, and you know, our Australian team here are directly involved in, in managing all of that. So, yeah, look, really exciting times ahead. It's usually the case with uh, Murphy's Law and things like that that people um – book a holiday overseas to a country that hasn't got a park run and then they find out that a uh, park run's going to launch there the following week after they get home. I know you don't have a definite launch date and you say the first half of 2019, but can you rule out a couple of the months that exist in the first half of 2019 yet? Should people not book flights in January, for example? So we're looking at, in an ideal world, it's going to be uh, April. But um, it definitely won't be earlier than April. Uh, so, yeah, don't don't book your flights before April is what I would say to that one. Okay, good advice, good advice. And then the next question I've got, how, how are you coping with, I mean, obviously, I know English is widely spoken in Japan. However, I don't anticipate every conversation could possibly be had in English how is the translation between the languages working? Yeah, so it was actually really one of the most interesting parts of our trip when we were there a few months back was was having meetings that were basically conducted with translators as intermediaries. Uh, I'd never I'd never done that before, and um, so basically, you would if whoever was speaking would you'd have to try and be as efficient as possible in making your point and you couldn't speak for too long because you've got these translators who are furiously doing sort of like shorthanded notes um and then and then you know we would stop speaking and then the translator would translate all of that into japanese and just the way i mean they were so fast and we did have people in the room who were bilingual who were, who were able to sort of report back to us that the translators, well, were getting what we were saying word for word um, right down to like the nuances and everything like that. So, yeah, they, they were incredible. We were so impressed with the various translators that um, we came across. Uh, but, you know, what's going to be obviously key for us is that we, we need people on the ground in Japan who, who speak both English and, and Japanese and potentially even here in Australia as we, as we grow our staff here, it might be that we look to recruit a staff member here in Australia who actually speaks Japanese as well because then they'll be able to, um, you know, help, you know, participate in meetings where, where that's required. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge but um, also very interesting to be part of. Well, I've been brushing up on my Japanese, Tim. My daughter, Kasha, learns Japanese at school, so we can have a conversation that pretty much extends to hello and goodbye. Am I suitably qualified to uh, help out with this expansion in Japan? Yeah, why not? Well, given that you're the head of communications, um, then yeah, that's uh, <laughs> you'll probably be required. Great. Now, my next question for you is, are you suitably qualified to co-host the Parkrun Adventurers with Mel Urbacher next week? Well, look, you know, I've never been I've never been one to take qualifications too seriously. I, I have two university degrees that are gathering dust somewhere around the place. Um, you know, there is no 
bachelor of parkrun so i dare say there's no bachelor of, uh, parkrun adventurer podcast hosting so that being that being the case then i would love to co-host with mel next week I think I think Scotty doesn't set the bar very high, so I'm pretty sure you'll be fine. Steady on, Mel. Steady on. <laughs> the, I mean, it's you know, obviously, obviously the dynamic between you two is that Scott's the sort of dry, serious one, and Mel, you're the you know uh, kind of slightly crazy, um, funny one. Now the problem is, I'm, <laughs> the problem I have here, Mel, is that. I'm the funny one as well. So are we just oh, going to no. both? Just going to both be funny, or it's going to be too hilarious? Maybe I'll try yeah. being um, dry and serious. Yeah. Did you ever see that Seinfeld episode where Jerry was told to stop being funny because George's girlfriend was um, laughing too much at Jerry's jokes, and George got jealous? Did you ever see that one? That could, <laughs> no, I didn't. That could, that could be us next week. You, you might be Jerry Seinfeld trying to be serious. Uh, and I'll be the funny one, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll work it out anyway. I'm still here, you know. I'm, you know <laughs> I can hear all this. This was your idea, Scotty. I'm not sure about this myth that I'm the the dry, serious one. I thought I was hilarious. I think you're hilarious. That's why I laugh at you all the time. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think uh, I think off the back of this, you need to poll uh, a Facebook poll on the on the. Um, Parkrun Adventurers Facebook page to get the listeners to sort of, you know, vote on your vote on the on the dynamic. Is Scott, is Scott the dry funny one? Yes, uh, the dry serious one. Yes or no? Well, I think, you've just, come- I think you've just added a question to the pearl illustration, Tim. So thanks for that. We were struggling for questions this year, <laughs> and um, that's going to be in there now. Thank you. Good. Making contributions. Already. Already. And he's not even yeah. the host yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this could actually be the last last time you host, Scotty, because it could go so gangbusters next week that by popular we don't ask demand, you back. <laughs> we, might, we might just stay on. We might we might be the new the new it the new it team on uh, the podcast. Well, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> if the people speak, if that's what the people want, I give the people what they want. This it's this is a bit of a leadership challenge, really, isn't it? What's going <laughs> <laughs> well, very do you want to swap jobs, Tim? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> very Canberra. No, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. Let's 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 um let's just say that yes, I will do the podcast next week, and uh, we'll see how it all goes. Okay, that's awesome news. So we've heard enough from you this week because we'll have a whole hour with you next week, Tim. Thanks for coming on the podcast and answering our questions as CEO of Parkrun Australia. We really appreciate it. And as Tim Oberg, the Parkrunner. Fantastic. Thanks, guys, and I look forward to speaking to all the listeners next week. Mel, our podcast can be very black and white at times. We go from last week having like 40, 50 minutes of roving reports to this week, nothing. Well, you can't have too much of a good thing, Scotty. This is true. We need more balance in our life. But... Um, speaking of balance, I need to, uh, well, I'm not sure if it's an apology or a retraction, but I want to swing the balance back in. Well, a correction. It's correction. a correction. Well, I don't know. You were misinformed or you had the wrong idea. So I've been driving this narrative on the podcast for a number of weeks, as you pointed out off air, um, that New South Wales is the black hole of the Parkrun Adventurers audience. And I was challenged on that when I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. 
and uh, they were right. I looked up the numbers, and <laughs> we actually have more downloads coming from uh, New South Wales than anywhere else in Australia. So I take it back, and I love all the people, or I love all our parkrunners in New South Wales, and it, it's actually ridiculous of me to say that, because we went to our listener meetup in New South Wales. Uh, we're planning the second listener meetup <laughs> in New is South also Wales. Because they're places we want to go to, and here I am trashing the state. So... I take it all back. Well, you weren't exactly trashing the state. You just didn't think we were getting as much love from them as we actually are. Yeah. So I'm going to pick another state to... Um, pick on. Pick on, yep. Um, but I'll reveal that state in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> all right. So let's move on to what's happening in the world. We've got zero launches coming up this week. We do, but that's good because we've got anniversaries to celebrate. Um, up in your neck of the woods, Brightwater, something you had a bit of history in. They're celebrating yeah. what? How many, how many years have they been around? Ah, oh, this will be number four, Scotty. There we go. Happy anniversary, wow. Brightwater. Yeah, happy Annie, Brightwater. Grafton in New South Wales, also having a birthday. Gungarland in the ACT. Hamilton in Victoria. Kingscliff, just in New South Wales. Not just in New South Wales, but what Scotty means is it it sneaks over from the Queensland border. <laughs> Murray Bridge in South Australia. I love Kingscliff, by the way. It's a beautiful one. Never run there, but I love it. Uh, North Lakes in Queensland. And Paradise Point in Queensland as well. So plenty of anniversaries to get to. Let's get to the hotline question because they're still coming in. They are. And we've got another one from Dorothy Dix this week. <laughs> Hello, Parkrun Adventurers. When attempting a new freedom run, do you prefer a local guide or to tough it out yourself? Freedom runs. Now, Mel, I love a freedom run. If you go to my Parkrun profile, you will see that I have logged a number of freedom runs. A lot more than me lately, that's for sure. Yes. And in direct answer to Dorothy's question, I, I think I like to go it alone. I like the challenge of looking at the map, reading the description, and trying to figure out where the hell you're actually running on this freedom run because it's a it's an adventure. Like everything's a surprise. It's a magical mystery tour that you usually get wrong. Yeah, I guarantee, almost almost guarantee, <laughs> you get it wrong unless it's an out and back. Even actually, even then you can get it wrong because you can take a, a wrong turn. Well, some some people can. Some people have a talent for it. Okay, so you like to go it alone. I see. I'm not sure. I I am either of those options because a local guide sort of implies that you've got somebody who's running it with you, and I'm not usually fast enough for that to happen. However, I do like getting a personal run brief from somebody who's local because I I just feel like receiving the instructions vocally. Um or being given to you vocally, it makes, it just, I don't know, it sinks into my head better than when you hear about things on the map and you can see people pointing and then describing, turning around things and all that sort of stuff. So it, it just goes into my brain better, if that makes sense. It does. Yep. Bit tired, Mel. Oh, I was so hyped trying to hide that yawn. It didn't work, did <laughs> it? It didn't work. No, we all heard it. We all heard it. I'm um, sorry to keep you up so late today. 
What time um, is it? Almost midday? Yeah, almost midday. Well, crack on. <laughs> can, can you give us another five, ten minutes? Oh, well, we'll see. I can't promise it'll be quality. <laughs> I'll try to mute next time. I need to yawn. Okay, because um, thanks for the question, Dorothy. Keep them coming, everyone else. We love them. We love the hotline. Love that theme music. I don't want it to go. It is very cool. And I did love it when you, you added the trumpets a few weeks ago as well. That was great. <laughs> Picked up. Did you have a dance last week to the Charleston? I did. I loved the Charleston. And I don't care that we're now banned in Spain. <laughs> totally worth it. How about that? So the corporate heavies did come down on us, <laughs> including that. So you were wrong. It wasn't um, royalty free. Um, but well, only not in Spain. The used anyway. Yeah. So only in Spain. So we figure uh, we might have lost maybe one listener last week. We don't know. Yeah, we apologise to any Spaniards who were not able to listen to episode 133 because it is now banned in your country. Um, I wonder if Catalonians get to hear it, though. Good question. I I stay awake at night thinking, wondering about that, Mel. (laughs) Hey, you know what happened to me last weekend, Scotty? Um, I didn't mention it in the intro, apart from, you know, where I went to Parkrun, but... My uh, wristband, which I never take off, I have worn since it was given to me uh, like four years ago. I think it was four years ago. It didn't scan. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I had to go to the car and get my wallet out, which has um, a printed and laminated version of my barcode in it. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. Your emergency backups. Is this because the barcode got so smudged that it well, wouldn't read it? It has kind of, yeah, the barcode section on it has kind of bled over over the years. And up until the week before last, like it's literally got, if you measure it, you, you would need a magnifying glass to measure it, but it probably across the top of the barcode has maybe 0.5 of a millimetre where I reckon it's still scannable, scannable. Um, but for whatever reason it, w- it was muggy and um, may- maybe it's been reduced to 0.4 of a millimeter and it's just not cutting it anymore but my my wristband didn't scan and I was I was like well what do I do with this now do I take it off um, I do have a second wristband which I, I have to go and try and find now because it's um, been in storage for a couple of years hopefully it's um the rubber hasn't perished just because it hasn't been worn. But uh, but it did get me to thinking, obviously, I had a backup barcode. And look, I had my printed barcode as well. So I guess technically they would have written me down if I had asked them to because I had brought it along. But I didn't want them to. I, you know, I was happy to go back to the car and get the other one version so they didn't have to go to the extra work. Um, but it is, I, I only had the one backup but, oh, no, I, technically I've got one on my set of keys too, which I'd forgotten about. Um, and, and funnily enough, I grabbed those keys to take it back to the car to get out my printed <laughs> barcode. <laughs> now that I think about it, that was a bit silly. Um, but back up barcodes. I think it's time for me to print another sheet and, and redistribute them because over the years, I guess, they've been used and not been put back where they go. So I, I thought I would ask, where where do you, like, do you have backup barcodes, Scotty? Where do you keep them? We do. We have a whole set in the car, similar to yourself, the printed barcodes that have been laminated. Yvonne and I are fine. I think Kush is on her last one oh, because, okay. um, yeah, we've used up a few of those in the years 
when she's forgotten. Um, but it's a, it's a good reminder. But they're, they're always in the car. We've always got them. But you know what else, Mel? This is great timing for you because you know we've released uh, new colours. You can get a purple and a green wristband now. And, and we're just about to release the new uh, athlete key tags. So you Ooh. can get a new one of those as well. Oh, see, that's very tempting because I could chuck I could chuck a couple of those on some shoes, yep. different pairs of shoes that I wear. Um, oh, that is yeah, that's exciting. I did know that there were new coloured wristbands, and I the problem is there's too much choice now, and I don't know whether or not to get green or purple. One of um, each. Well, yeah, but you know, budget conscious as well. It's uh, and I would only wear one at a time. I'm not one of those people who will wear two. And I have seen those getting around, and that's fine if that's your choice. But, yeah, I, I would only wear one at a time. Um, so they've got backups of their backups on their wrists. I've never they seen do. that. <laughs> so if the first one doesn't work, they just use the second one. Oh, good on them. Good on yeah. them. But where it's, so you, you only keep them in the cast because, you know, I, I've been trying to think about all the possible places that – I could keep them so that – because if you take a different car, like if you've got one of those families that have two cars and you take a different car another week, um, some people ride their bikes to park run and um, and that's often the case that they've forgotten because um, they're, they're wearing different shoes because they rode their bike as well. And um, But I, I've thought you could cable tie one, not to the spokes perhaps, but you could probably cable tie a barcode to one of the bars on handlebars on your bike. Yeah, these are all good reminders. Um, we've got two cars. I'm pretty sure we've got backups in both cars. Um, but, yeah, I only ever drive to park run, which is not great, is it? Well, not necessarily. Um, but if you're travelling and stuff, I guess, yeah. Because I, I have one in my wallet as well and one on my keys, which obviously I forgot about last week. <laughs> um, but there, I, I would be interested to hear from our listeners if you've got any sneaky, weird – I have heard of people – Sliding them underneath the insole in their shoe. Mm, that's a bit gross. Why is it gross? If it's under the oh, insole, it's nah. not between your foot and the thing. It's nah. protected. Look, sweat, sweat's a liquid. Liquid travels through fibres <laughs> down into the... No, no. And it's... No. Pulling your shoe off to pull out a barcode and getting up. No. I thought you don't sweat, Scotty. I don't, but <clears throat> when I do... it, people who do, it's not yeah. appropriate. To keep yeah. your barcode there. Not even if it's laminated? No, oh, it doesn't seem worse. Like I said, sweat's liquid and it gets in between the laminates. And... But the thing is, the kinds of barcodes that get presented to barcode scanners on a weekly basis are pretty gross and disgusting yeah. from sweat anyway. Like even the Finnish tokens, they cop a beating from all the runner runnerness <laughs> that happens. Yeah. Look, can we, can we move off? Um, topic of sweaty now barcodes. Yep, yep. I'm thinking about <laughs> smelly shoes being pulled off a park run. And let's bring it back to a really happy topic to round out the podcast because I know I'm keeping you awake. Um, Pillustration, it's ready. Uh, it's ready to be released and we want your feedback and answers and opinions. So look out for it. It's on the Facebook page. We worked page. really hard on the questions this year. Absolutely. Really Devoted hours and hours. And as you just heard, Tim added a question at the last minute. And that's probably the one I'm probably most interested in now. Uh, but there's a couple of others in there that uh, we, really wanna, yeah, we really want to know about. Yep. <laughs> and as, as we also alluded to, our friends at TomTom are giving away a watch. We did it last year. We're doing it again this year. So all you have to do is enter and you're in the running. 
at the end of uh, the month. No, we're going we're gonna to run it for a month. Yeah, so not the end of October. No. It's going to go for a month from whenever it gets released. So today is the 18th of October. Are we releasing the podcast today, Scotty? We will be, yes, as a birthday gift to myself. To yourself. Yep. Because, and I haven't mentioned it yet, and I was going to without prompting this year. Happy birthday, Scotty. <laughs> Thank you. I got to the bloody end of the podcast and you hadn't done it, so I had to do it. Look, all things come to those who wait and good things come to those who wait and you just need to be a little bit more patient. Are you getting Are you getting a little lack of patience in your older age? Have you moved up an age category this year? Uh, good question. What are the age categories? I think you have. I think oh. they go from 30 to 34, 35 to 39. So you would have moved up one, wouldn't you? Yeah, somewhere around there. Somewhere around <laughs> there. I am pretty old, Mel. Well, this is exciting. Just think about all the new age gradings that you could potentially get. Um, You've entered a new group, so you might start um, being competitive again in your age category, whereas previously you may have not been as competitive. I don't know. To be honest, I don't actually look at these things. I'm just trying to find some silver linings for you. Thanks. Um, Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Have you had birthday cake yet? Do you have it for breakfast? No, nothing. Got nothing. I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, there's still time. Did you know what I found out yesterday? Nicola, uh, from uh, our friend from With Me Now pod, she shares my parkrun birthday. Oh, really? We're birthday twins, parkrun birthday twins. Granted, she started her journey about 7 million years before me, although she's not that old. But a few years she's got on me, but it's definitely the same birthday. So we've decided that we're going to celebrate with either twice as many cakes and across both time zones. So we each get to have two cakes or one of us uh, will we'll each have one normal cake and one upside down cake. <laughs> there you go. And this is coming up next this month. This is coming up. It's, yeah, it's a couple of weeks. weeks it's very exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Parkrun birthdays. So happy birthday to you for your actual person in the world birthday, Scotty. I hope you get all all the um, accolades isn't the word, all the salutations you deserve from your friends. Thanks. Um, I'm not going to be here next week, which is going to be a bit sad. So I just want to let you you know that I'm heading down to uh, Eastern Gardens this weekend to get my E. I'm going back there. And for, for, for a couple of reasons, I, I really enjoyed it when I was down there, but I really want my E, Mel. You <laughs> For your alphabet, how many letters have you got left of your alphabet? Oh, I've still got a few to go. I've still got a few to go, but I am starting to focus on it a bit more, a bit more than I'm willing to admit. Okay. So there was a bit of convincing. Actually, there wasn't much convincing to get down there, but um, that's where I'm going this weekend. Cool. Hey, you know what I realised? As much as I've been moving towards my parkrun goals for the year, there's one I'm not going to reach. And I don't know whether or not I feel bad about it or, yeah. Do you want to know what it is? Yes. One of my goals for this year was to get a new parkrun PB. Oh, was it really? Yeah. That was really ambitious. That was very ambitious. (laughs) Yeah. I shouldn't laugh, but, yeah, what were you thinking? (laughs) <laughs> well, I was thinking I had a whole year to do it. And then what have I done? I've I've frittered away my year. I yeah. haven't worked on, on getting any faster. <laughs> you had a really good start to the year. You, you were running the date. I think that really in, improved your running, didn't it? Well, it had me running. Yeah. So, yes, that's an improvement, definitely. 
Um, yeah. Well, I obviously peaked too early. I, I must be having you rub off on me too much. Yeah, you can't be a high achiever anyway, Mel. You've got to always leave something in reserve, something to reach for next year. Yeah, but I don't like not achieving my goals. That's why I set them. I set challenging yet achievable goals. <sighs> I no, guess we I'm match. <laughs> Remember, I was going to run a marathon this year, and I started at the. I said at the start of this podcast that I'll never run a marathon ever again. So I've come <laughs> completely full circle, completely missed my goal. Well, I still have hopes that you're going to change your mind because you know what? I, I rather fancy running a marathon with you one day, Scotty. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But you would have to run it with me, so you would have to run it at my pace, which means you'd have to be out there a lot longer than you probably would want to be. Yeah, see, I mean, it's, in, it's enticing to run with you, Mel, but running for a long time is not that appealing. I'm good company. Okay. What are we talking? Five I'm, hours? <laughs> Six? Well, if you go by my previous record, it was closer to seven. <laughs> <laughs> But I would be expecting to run faster this time because okay. there wouldn't be wine every two kilometres <laughs> to stop for. Yep. Unless you want to come to France. Yep. Bring Team Trickett to France and we can all have a wine marathon. Might have to wait a little bit um, longer for Kasha to be of age for that one. One day. Eight years. Eight years. Let's plan for that one. Okay. Over the next eight years. <laughs> <laughs> it's on, uh, like yep. Donkey Kong. Yep. Um, thanks, Mel. Let's wrap this up. Episode 134 is in the books. I'll see you again for 136. Yeah, you even get to skip your intro next week. That's really how you mastermind it, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of pressure on Timmy. Hope he delivers. Have a good week off, Scotty. Thanks.